Hi, this is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and this is the Midwest Monsters Podcast. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're gonna go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's... Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Uh, if you couldn't tell, this was our third episode of the evening, so <laughs> we're feeling no pain. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot toddy. This is the villain, Vinny. <laughs> and we are coming at you with a, a, a kind of a new idea, but it's revisiting an old idea, but maybe it's a remake of an idea. Maybe it's a sequel to an idea. <laughs> maybe it's just a dead end. <laughs> maybe it's a dead end sequel. So many speculations have gone out as to what we'll call this episode. Because if you do remember our, was it our second? No, third episode. Second? Yeah, it was one of those first. Second yeah, I think it was bleed number three, I believe. Yeah, bleed number three was we did, in fact, do an episode about sequels where we talked about horror film sequels. That was many moons ago, and uh, bad quality recording, and uh, so we we had the idea to revisit some sequels and to open the door to do more sequels, uh, to talk about them in ways, uh, sequels that would never get mentioned otherwise. Maybe films that didn't have a franchise, like the ones we're discussing today, which Hot Toddy has said maybe we should call them dead-end sequels, but he also had the great idea to call this episode sequels part duh. <laughs> <laughs> It's no Hot Shots part two, but... They are all part twos, but for whatever reason, this was it. There's there was never any sequel to follow. Yeah, and one of them that I will mention did have a, a, a mentioned part three that was supposed to happen that I think will shock all of you. Ooh. So I've got secrets up my sleeve, I but I'm wearing secrets. a sleeveless shirt, so Twice. where am I hiding them? Where am I hiding them? <laughs> um... In your dead end. Your panties. <laughs> <laughs> your panties. So we are just going to kick this thing right off. So anyways, that that's all to say that there may be more sequels episodes in the future of sequels that wouldn't get talked about otherwise, whether dead end or franchise or not. Um, some franchises may just not be worth covering. So, uh, all right, moving right along. Uh, should we say what we picked and why, or should we just go right into each one? Since we're uh, introing our own thing. I'd say just go around real quick and say what we picked and why. I like your head on this one. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I picked Troll 2 because I'm a mark for it. I love it. I've got a Troll 2 t-shirt. I've got a Nilbog hoodie. <laughs> I, I love Troll 2. So that's me, Professor. I picked uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Bud the uh, mainly just because I enjoy the uh, Vestron line that's been coming out. It was just a reason to check this one off. I figure... Maybe some listeners are buying up some of these new releases they're putting out, so fun glad, to cover it. Yeah, I'm glad you picked it. It's on like an eight-movie pack that I bought, and yeah. I never had an excuse to watch it until now. And I love the original Chud, as I've made you all know in other episodes. Uh, I chose Waxworks 2, Back in Time, uh, or Lost in Time, Back, Lost, whatever. Um, kind of the same reason, Vestron just did a two-pack with Waxwork, and we just recently did Waxwork on... I think it's Waxwork 2 Land Before Time. (laughs) (laughs) Journey Through Time, Time After Time. Space Jam. Uh, So similar, uh, they just did a Vestron release, so first time on Blu-ray. And then Waxwork was fresh in my head, so. All right, cool, cool. Uh, Villainous Vinny. 
Benchete? I picked The Fly 2, 1989, uh, because Cronenberg's The Fly is currently my in my top five horror Ooh. movies. Uh, I absolutely love that movie. Uh, so I picked the sequel because I had watched this sequel out of pure love for Cronenberg's Fly, and I don't know many people who have seen it, and I want, I've wanted to discuss this sequel, so that's yeah. why I picked it. Okay, right on. All right, so, uh, Vinny, why don't you start us out with your film, because it's the most serious effort of all the films that we did here. So take us away with The Fly 2. The Fly Wait. 2, 1989, uh, starring Eric Stoltz and Daphne uh, Zuniga. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her last name. She was Princess Vespa, and Spaceballs is where I think most people will recognize her from. And it was directed by Chris Wallace. Um, like I said, sequel to Cronenberg's The Fly. Wait, who was it written by Mick Garris? He did. He had a yes. story, story by, and then uh, obviously credits for script, and then Frank Darabont. Really? Yeah, and I think a couple other people were in there. Uh, Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat. Wow. The Wheat Brothers. Um, so this movie, uh, picks up with Gina Davis's character from The Fly, uh, played by, they think they slick, they put in a <laughs> Gina Davis lookalike, delivering, uh, the baby that she conceived from, uh, Brundle in the first movie. Uh, and it is an abnormal birth that she dies giving birth to this, to this child who's born in a type of cocoon and once they crack the cocoon it is a human baby inside uh he ages very rapidly he's basically raised in a uh in a science lab yeah. under observation uh and when he matures within five years to adult size uh played by eric stoltz i was eating during this intro with the bird <laughs> and the, the larva and cocoon, and I was like, oh, God, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, poor choice on my part. Poor choice, because it's pretty gory. Um, Boy, I don't know where to begin. I love the first Fly movie. Uh, just, just It's a mentioned. masterpiece. It, it is. It's it a is. masterpiece. It's probably in my top ten horror films. Uh, it's so good. And I think it's so funny to think about when Professor and myself and Mad Chan did that episode just like really how deep we got on the fly. It's, it's a very, I, I have a, I have a friend and when I had gotten uh, the fly on Blu-ray at a work gift exchange and uh, I was like, Oh man, that's like, that's like one of my favorites. I love that movie. And he was like, he's not much of a horror fan. He's like, man, that's really dark. And it is, but uh, I love it. And it's heavy. It's very heavy. Heavy. Not Passion of the Christ heavy, but <laughs> heavy. So, um, so I mean, this movie I knew was not going to live up to that, and it did not live up to that. No, it didn't. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I, and I saw Mick Garris come up, and I thought, oh man, this has got Mick Garris on it. This is going to be good because Mick is great at taking an original idea and putting his spin on it and making it his own. And it being something good. And it, this this film just wasn't that for me. I just, I really didn't enjoy this film very much. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think his original script is kind of at this point out the window. <clears throat> okay. Well, I don't know where all he went, but I know his, his was more about, I guess, kind of, you know, should she have the abortion and, and probably a little bit more deeper than what this movie goes into. Sure. And And Gina Davis was all for coming back, by the way. Oh. But she had such a traumatic experience doing the birth scene in The Fly. Yeah. The whole idea of giving birth to this, that she didn't want to be a part of a birth scene again. So, and plus, like, who would who would want to come back to die in the opening? So Right. I, I'm sure if she returned, they would have done it a little differently. Danielle Harris wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to. Uh, and I, I'll like mention it. that John Getz as Stavis Borens is the only actor to return from the yeah. original Fly movie. And I don't know if he was coached 
to have terrible acting <laughs> or what, but it's a stark contrast to what he did in the first one to this one. Right, because he was great in the first yes, one. Yes, and he was not good in and, this one. And the director, too, was, was the effects guy, I think, from The Fly. Okay. So I think he, he did a FX and then came on to direct. Huh. And then... Uh, I. It's a big movie. I think Cronenberg was the first one that might have had an idea for Fly 2, but I don't think he wanted to... I don't know. I think his is probably... I think they just wanted a quick sequel. Like, I don't think they wanted anything deep. The more Eric Stoltz that I see as an adult, the less respect I have for him as an actor. I don't think he's that great. However, I do feel like his portrayal of Martin Brundle in this movie, because Martin Brundle grows to adult size in five years. Uh, I felt like Stoltz did pull off a... He made you think that this was a man-sized five-year-old. He was very good at conveying that childlike uh, persona in this movie, I thought. I will give him credit for that. Yeah. Yeah, he's boring. Oh, yeah. Um, so He always boring. has been. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you can carry dramatic scenes okay. Um, did he play math in Mask? He was Rocky was, Dennis, yes. Rocky Dennis, yeah. Um, but, man, here's the thing. It's it's For me, well, for starters, every movie we covered tonight, I went in with low expectations. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really all like too disappointed with anything just because I expected all of them to be pretty rough. Yeah. Um, and this is no exception because how do you recapture the mastery that was the first one? Because... Yes. When you go into this, if you've decided, okay, we are going to still explore some some fairly upsetting themes um, and continue on and try and recapture the tone of the first film, um, you've got to be prepared for it to fall flat on its face. Yeah. I mean, because not everybody's David Cronenberg. Not everybody's Jeff Goldblum. Now, sometimes that works, but I think with this one, there's plenty of things that are okay about it. Like there's some cool scenes. There's some, you know, decent acting. Sure. The, the script's not the worst, but the problem is, is it can't compete with, no. with what it's extending from. Right. Um, and some movies can, some movies are a completely different sequel. Some are just fun. So it's, even if they suck, it's fun to go back and watch them. This isn't, No. this is taxing. It's very, you know what I mean? It, and it, and it's exploring those tones. Um, and, and you know, like, the relations to um, relating to suffering with the test animal. And, you know, it's just like, it's just kind of a bummer through a I, lot of the I movie. I felt like that But was, it's not landing. I felt like you know? the, the stuff with the dog that he befriended that becomes a lab experiment, I felt like that that was the only thing that worked on an emotional level for the audience. Yeah. Uh, I felt like if anything hit in that movie that they tried to do, that was the thing that worked. Uh, that's the only thing that got you emotionally invested, I felt like, was that the dog stuff. Did anyone have an issue with the fact that she's fucking a five-year-old boy? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know he's five. And the company's watching it on video. Yeah. And he's, and he's and, But he, though he is, he is grown, he is... Led to believe that uh, part of his dramatic aging is part of this condition, and he's given shots every day that's supposed to be helping with this condition. Uh, he is of genius level intellect, like his father was. So they put him to work to try to make this teleporter work because they can't figure it out. And so they employ him to crack it to figure out how to make Brundle's teleportation device work. That's like your major plot point in this movie. And, of course, there's the love interest and the most out-of-place country song for a montage <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I, I appreciate any montage done by Katie Lang. Well, then this will be the only one you appreciate. Yes. <laughs> I wish they would have revisited, uh, you know, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, like from <laughs> Urban Cowboy. <laughs> there's always a blonde 80s dickhead in these movies. Yeah. Always. Um, I wanted to love the movie, obviously, because I love the yeah. fly. Uh, and I think this is—I've watched this movie more than once, and it's only because of the love that I have for Cronenberg's Fly that I watch it again. Um, 
but it feels very rehashed. But they, what, it really tried to be. It tries the to first be film again. Yes. But you just don't care. <laughs> and I think that's second. largely just the story itself and being a rehash, but also the actors weren't on the same level as Goldblum and Gina Davis. They yeah. just weren't. Well, and I think uh, with making a sequel, there needs to be a point. Yeah. Like if we're going to rehash a story over again and just tweak it a little bit, it should be fun. I'm not saying this should have been a fun movie, but I'm saying the point for making these sequels, so many of them that we love, they're fun. It's fun to go back to it. I don't need new people to tell me the story and, and the, the tones of the fly. Right. The fly is good enough. Yeah. Um, so it's just, that's, that's what left me flat with this is just like the whole time. It's just like, this is unnecessary. Like when I'm done with the fly, I'm good. Well, I, and, I didn't need the movie. And watching Martin mutate, which it was placebo, the shots they were giving him. They were waiting all along for this mutation. Uh, it didn't carry the same weight yeah. as watching Jeff Goldblum. Because, because they the original Fly was like watching a loved one die of a terminal illness. Yeah, yeah. This didn't feel like that. It was just the same thing over again, but none of the emotional investment. Uh, and once the transformation is complete and he becomes this creature... I thought the head of the thing just looked dumb. Like, um, it didn't make sense. Like, it just... I didn't care for the, the end product of the creature. I did like and some I'm of the... Cre- I'm a creature feature yeah. guy. I I like some slasher movies and things like that, but more than anything, I'm a creature feature guy. And the creature just didn't, didn't do it for me in this movie. See, I, I feel a little different about Fly, too. Um, so, Fly, and, and you touch... I, I think Cronenberg said the whole point of the fly is it's that he's a young man aging rapidly. I think people latched onto the fly because it's it's mid eighties and he was a lot of people were watching Friends Die of AIDS. Okay. Mm. And it's kind of whether it was intended to be that way or not, that's kinda so so the fly, which I love that we all have a love for this movie, so it just makes me keep thinking of how people instantly will shit on remakes. We are talking about a remake because the one fly, of the best remakes ever made. It's amazing, and they yeah. remade the fly. It was not a copy. It was it's, it took the idea and they ran. It was with a reimagining it. for sure. Yeah, it is probably one of the best horror films, and it does. Granted, it is sci-fi, but I still consider it pretty horrific. Um, be afraid. There. Be well, and afraid. and and people don't realize that line came from that movie either. Um, yeah. There are things, I think, that work for Fly 2. Um, there are things that, that are... It is not as good at all, and I'm not no. saying that. Um, I actually enjoy this movie. It's been a while since I watched it. I like going back occasionally and revisiting this movie. But um, things I liked, I like that uh, Bartok Industries is, is our company, which makes sense because he even mentions in The Fly that they do own all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they're in this movie. Um Christopher Young did the music, which they could have just copied the score from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Young did Hellraiser 2. Um, I thought the music was really cool added to the movie. Um, I liked the gore. And I know that that shouldn't yes. be... I was going to say, so even though... Four, four for gore. Yeah, so even though the... He, he and I, and I, I have to fly. say, too, I know it's a weird thing, but I like the fly creature. It's kind of a little bit carried away, but... They could have easily again. They could have did the fly all over again, um, and and the gore to me is I hate I hate saying it because I hate when movies do that and they rely on it, but the gore sealed the movie. For it me. wasn't overdone though. You waited for that gore. Uh, yeah, when there was the acid puke on the dude's face. Oh, it's, that's my and, favorite part. Yeah, the uh, effect my, A was great. The head crushing is my favorite. And yeah, so secondly, too, yeah. with the acid thing. He wasn't dead from it. Like that was the part I was like, "Oh shit!" Like none of his face is melted off. He is not dead from that encounter. Yeah, and that head crack. Yeah, I love that it's not overdone, but it's like this big giant climax at the end. Yes, and it's like all gore. It did that. It did that right. Yeah. Now I'm. I don't hate this movie. I don't hate it. I will probably watch this movie again in the future. I, I would when you compare it though, it is one when you compare it to The Fly. It is kind of it, it is a letdown. It's mediocre. Oh yeah. yeah, but 
I think it's it's kind of um it's just a good companion piece, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where uh you know, I, I'm I'm not excited to watch this like when I am the fly, but I do like occasionally like to revisit this movie. Fair enough. And and again, like even if John Getz was the only one, there's at least an attempt to return the character and Yeah, they bridge it. They try to at least bridge it. Yeah. Count me out not watching this again, personally. Yeah, I mean, in, like, there's certainly merits to it, and I wouldn't discourage people who, you know, who have the interest from watching it. But I just realistically, the only time I would look to to watch this is after I've watched The Fly, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine after that grueling experience saying, "I think I'll get part two out." Well, yeah. At that point, I'm just going to stare at the wall and try I, and feel better. I kind of wonder how we would feel though if they would have went with. Uh... Maybe a darker political, and 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 Gina Davis was definitely set to return. And I read somewhere that they had Jeff Goldblum that he was actually trapped in the computer after what happened. Huh? Um, cool. I don't know how I would have liked it, but whatever. And 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 I guess we should touch on why it is a dead sequel, because it did come out in 1989 for one, so it was summer of sequels. Um, it got buried with so many other movies. Um, and th- this is I don't know if you guys know that Mel Brooks is actually a producer on both flies. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Brooks films. And she's the she was in Spaceballs. Yeah, so he actually influenced them of hiring her as well. Wow. Um, I know they were disappointed with the end result, so that didn't help. It didn't bring in the money, which was a big thing. Um, I think the biggest disappointment for me is reading about flies, which is the Gina Davis movie the, um, yeah, and Rennie Harlan movie. And um, I think they were going to kind of ignore Fly too, but basically she had twins. Who you know? Shortly after the first film, um, I I would watch Flies if they did it now. I don't. That was Gina my Davis. Big, that was my big secret. Evidently not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> nice, right, you had a nice hot try. You don't have a secret. I know, right? Yeah, and it was actually going to be like I'm told, like Predators, like Predator One, Predator Two, and the movie Ooh. Predators. There's going to be flies, and there were going to be multiple. Well, and and also there there is talk of a remake. That Cronenberg has wrote some kind of script, yeah, um, which is kind of strange. I I don't think it needs to be remade again, but no, I, I would I would welcome this Flies movie or even a Cronenberg like he could easily make some kind of sequel, a continuation from the Fly, even if it's a different character, because the equipment's out there and we have new technology. And so let, let's not for with the ending of this movie. Yeah. They gave you the end. That you wanted yeah, from the first, first movie. Though. That's true. They give you that ending, and the big bad of the movie gets his. Yeah. Like from lying to this kid all and and keeping him, you know, just the way they exploited him, he gets his in the end. Like they give you a feel good ending that is far from what you got from the ending of the fly. Yeah. Good point. Glad you mentioned that. Right. Which it was a whack ending. Yeah, oh yeah, but it's yeah. what you want. Yeah, it's, it's you what you wanted, wanted from the you first. You wanted movie. a happy ending in the first movie, and you didn't get it. And so now he jumps in the machine with the the, the main scientist bad guy. They meld together, and then he cocoons out of him normal and okay. And then the guy's got all the shit DNA, and he's kept like the dog. He's a shit fly, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's we we gotta move on. We 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 yeah, spend a lot of time. I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed. All right, so yeah, fly two. Good insight from all of you. Good, good, good. Uh, moving on to wax work two. All right, wax work two. Lost in time, nineteen ninety two. Um, I don't know if this had a maybe a small theatrical run, but it was essentially shot straight for video. Uh, where Wax, Waxworks was a had a theatrical run. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Zach Galligan return as Mark. And unfortunately, if you don't know, uh, Deborah Foreman and uh, Anthony Hickok did have like a, a relationship from Waxwork, and they had broken up. And that's like the main reason she did not want to return as Sarah. Mm. Um, but Anthony Hickok came back, creator of the first movie, directed, wrote this one as well. Um, essentially picks up right, actually the very last moment of waxwork. Yeah, picks straight back up. Uh, Mark and Sarah, although Sarah had short hair when we yeah. left off, she now has long hair. <laughs> Traumatic experiences do that. Yeah, um, I've had it happen. I I go in reverse. I lose hair. 
they get in a cab. We find the the hand, which we saw in the, the final moments of waxwork. The hand gets away. <laughs> the hand follows her home to her life and uh, kills her stepfather. <laughs> and <laughs> The dirty trailer trash stepfather who's reading Golf Digest, by the way, which <laughs> fascinated me. Go ahead. Um, she's, she's accused of murdering her stepfather, goes to court. Of course, they all think she's a whack job because she says a zombie waxwork hand did it. Um, you know, it's always the best. Well, she didn't have the, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, (laughs) you must acquit. Uh, so, uh, they, they find through, um, I can't think of his name, but, um, was the character from the first movie though. Anyway. Oh, uh, oh, uh, his uncle's friend. Yeah. What's so he's, name? well, essentially they're told if any trouble, go to his house. They go to the house and... Lord something. Yeah, they, they, they end up finding that, uh, the clue that essentially tells them to go through the looking glass. And so they go through the looking glass, and this time instead of, like, straight-up waxworks, they go through, uh, weird dimensional time slots. Yeah. Which brings them, um... <laughs> To such things as Frankenstein, The Haunting, Alien, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dawn of the Dead, Nosferatu, Godzilla, um, and then they end up going... Sir Wilfred was his Sir, name. Sir Wilfred. There it is in my notes. Um, they also encounter Bruce Campbell in this at some point. Yep. The, the bright spot of the movie, Bruce Campbell. Where they recreate Evil Dead. Pretty, yes, they do. They do. Um... I picked the movie, so I, I will say I'm I'm a huge fan of waxwork. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I still like this movie. Saw it when it came out, but it is not. It doesn't even hold a candle. Um, I love I love the movies they did that they branched out with, but the acting's not the same. The budgets, obviously, they they did not give them the budget to do this movie at all. Um, that's kind of my take on it. That's me in a nutshell. I just well, I'll just let me throw this out here before you two get started. I like the movie jumping. I like the movie jumping. That's fun. Uh, I mean that that was done in different forms in some movies. It was fun where like people get like stay tuned and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it's like that part of me I do enjoy. Um, like the Nosferatu scene, the Jack the Ripper scene that we like all these different things that we have at some point during this movie with jumping around. I think it was very fun. Um, the problem is that's like half of the movie because we stop with one and spend a whole ton of time there, which mm-hmm. does not fit. That, that's where it lacks for me too. Yeah, that that doesn't fit the 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 first film and the first half of this one. Mm-hmm. That's where it, it's kind of the shits. I mean, I still like it enough just for the jumping around in the movies. You know, just to throw on, even to not pay that close attention to after part one. It came in with the first one, as he mentioned, on the best release. So I don't mind having it for that part. But, you know, I would never go out of my way to just watch this one. Because, I mean, it drags from the minute we hit, like, the medieval times. It is, it's not a fun watch. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. This was painful for me. Just, yeah, it, I don't know, like... When we get that Bruce Campbell Evil Dead sort of setup, like I was like, "Oh, this could be fun. This could be fun." And then it like jumps to Alien, and I'm like, "What? What's happening now?" Then it's just, I mean, everything from uh, Carradine to the Panther Lady to Sir Wilford coming back as a crow. I was just like, "Yeah." And Vinny and I watched this together. What was doomed then? Usually that can save an experience because sometimes it's a collective viewing that saves something. Like, you know, if I laugh, it's more fun to some for someone to laugh with you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, a, that's why the theater experience, some films are made for seeing in a theater with a crowd and some are meant for watching at home alone on the couch. And I thought, wait, this, this, this would have been worse by myself. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even think it's possible. But, uh, yeah, this was a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. Uh, I'd know. seen this before, but if this I had first viewing, if I treated it like regardless of first viewing or second or third viewings of each of these films, this was the most let down I was by any of these. Yeah, because I was very excited to jump right into this one, and it started off to a point where I was like, eh, but I was forgiving because I was having enough fun with it. And then once it got to there, I was like, man. So 
I don't know. It's just it kind of falls apart. And what's funny is like not kinda. Of, I had just watched Waxwork for the first time. Yeah. And so I was really interested to watch this because this film has a following. There are some people out there that love this movie. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I like Waxwork One. Like, I, I, I came into it enjoying it more, but I saw it in '92 when it came out. I remember not liking it like I did the first movie. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't bother when I watched it. The whole end of the movie bothered me, because um, it didn't. It went from horror to weird. Yeah. Pre Game of the Throne. I don't know. It was just strange. But and let's be honest. Again, this is a girl who thinks that she can travel through time to collect items to present as evidence to prove her innocence. So her Frankenstein's diary from the waxwork hopping through time magic is going to hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, the whole premise is garbage. <laughs> I, I, hate to, I hate to say it, but you know what would have worked for this movie? And I just kind of touched on the opposite in Fly 2. But... Why couldn't we just have a new waxwork mysteriously appear? Exactly. And yeah. This is this was a concept that you could make lightning strike twice. You could make another waxwork pop up, another sinister plan, another friend or foe of Sir Wilfred, and just go through fun montages and vignettes yeah. again and make work than this plummeting through time and space. Well, and, and, and it's definitely, it's left open even more than part one. And there there was, I guess, talk of doing a Waxwork 3 where it's uh, lost in time with Zach Galligan. And I think Gina Davis had the rights to that one too. <laughs> she could have. Um, the, the remake keeps getting thrown around. I think Waxwork could be a good remake. I think so too. Because I love the first movie. If they didn't try to copy it and they just did something... Fresh and new, or they could even maybe they pop up. Maybe Zach Galligan shows up, but new new faces, new things. Maybe we see Freddy or, or Jason or, or something that they haven't done already. I told Grizzly that I watched watched Waxwork one before I watched it. I said, "This is a shittier night at the museum." <laughs> he said, "Waxwork one was a shittier night at the museum." Oh, oh y'all don't like jokes, okay? <laughs> That's cool. uh, have you have you shared what you? Think about part two here. No, uh, I'd love so I to watched, hear. I watched Waxwork one for the first time because I didn't want to watch the sequel without having seen the first one. I, I actually, jokes aside, I did enjoy the first one. Uh, novel concept. Um, so we sat down and watched Waxwork two. That's kind of the tone that I expected. That is not what I got. Yeah. Uh, it became very apparent very early on. That just the acting coming up, I was like, ooh, oh no, they're going a different direction with this. It was very clear it was supposed to be comedy. Maybe if I had gone into it expecting that, I'd have had a different uh, experience with the movie. It was just so, so cheesy. It felt like a Charles Band movie. Mm, like, it was, yeah. it was, it was rough to watch. Um, I understood in the first movie your there's these waxwork scenes and you're pulled into these scenes. Okay, but now you're going through quote history and we're getting Victor Frankenstein's diary. You know what I mean? Like okay, you're getting a fictional diary. I don't know. That didn't work for me. The alien from the alien scene looked like it was made out of honeycomb cereal. Uh, <laughs> you don't like honeycomb? Uh, Bruce Campbell was a bright spot. Uh, I love Marina Sirtis, uh from Star Trek The Next Generation fame. Um, Deanna Troy. I felt like they must have bought the stock of an entire bad wig factory for this movie. <laughs> uh, man. I found this one to be an absolute chore. I really did. I That's understandable, like I say, though, because it I, never lets up from the medieval. Had I, going. Thought, had I known going in that it was comedy, maybe I'd have viewed it different, but I went in expecting more wax work, and that's not what delivered. Well, one had quite a bit of humor as well, though. That, the two was silly. It two was, was silly. silly. Yes. One was comedy horror. Two was silly. Yeah. So I, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
So it'd be like watching Evil Dead, where it's now it's uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, I will say, I, I love the haunting thing, though. That was like a... Yeah. That was one of the, my favorite things that they did was the haunting. Yeah. Um, my favorite was Dawn of the Dead. That, that, that was, just that was fun, that was yeah, fun yeah, too, really though. Cool. That was really cool. Uh, I gotta say my favorite part is the terrible rap song ending. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Lost in time. I could have written a better rap song myself. Yeah. yeah. I did. I'd like to share it with you guys. That's <laughs> great. Did you write that? Is it, uh, is it Bud the Chud? <laughs> Good transition. Uh... I think we're done with wax work. Clearly. Yeah, let's, let's uh, slide into uh, Bud the Chud. All right, uh, my like choice that. here. Chud 2, Bud the Chud, 1989. Uh, sequel to the a uh, little bit more serious and cult classic titled Just Chud. This was directed by David Irving, who, uh, if I remember correctly, had had a, uh, some notable movies before, mainly uh, The Emperor's Clothes. Um, but he also Gone uh, with the Wind. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we've got uh, he did Gone with the Wind. Garrett too. Graham is is playing uh, Bud the Chud. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, Robert Vaughn, who had quite the story career and uh, recently passed away, yeah. plays Colonel Masters in this, and uh, some other familiar faces from back then. Uh, but basically, what this boils down to. Um, is we have the the military deciding to terminate the final chud. Uh, the experiment has gone awry. Uh, Bud the Chud is to be taken out of there. He gets out, thanks to a couple of teenagers, uh, who then basically turn it into Weekend at Bernie's for a little bit, as I like to describe <laughs> it. Uh, but um, there's fl- some flavors of other movies, which I'll mention in a bit, but it's it basically turns into a movie that's been made a bazillion times with, you know, Bud the Chud has started attacking others, which is then having them be infected, and we're getting a legion just, of them. You could just keep maintaining a straight face while you keep saying Bud the Chud. Hey, man, it's, <laughs> it is what it is, brother. Uh, but just uh, that's basically the premise of it is dealing with the outbreak of that. Um, so opening up uh, thoughts for the film. I, okay, I, I like Bud the Chud. But I'm, I had never seen Chud until recently. That's crazy. I, it is crazy, and I feel like I've always watched it. And when I watched it, I'm like, you've never seen Chud. You've definitely. Had I, had I watched Chud, I might have felt differently when I first saw this movie. But I still enjoy it. I enjoyed it then. Um, Brian Robbins, I always liked from a lot of stuff that he did, which now he kind of more directs. Um, he mm-hmm. was one of the... The little nerdy kids. Yeah. Um, oh, now yeah. he's actually kind of a big director. Dang, um, I, like off. I dropped the ball. I should have uh, mentioned it. So, yeah, yeah, like Varsity Blues, uh, big producer on like Smallville. And then I remember yeah. him from Head of the Class. It's a little nerdy comedy show back in the, mm-hmm. back oh, in the exactly 80s. I, remember. I knew what I was in for when I saw that that was one of the lead actors was a kid from Head of the Class. It's like, okay, I know exactly what to expect. <laughs> um. Something I, I caught more, uh, I, I don't know why I've always missed it, but Robert England looking like a little, uh, almost in Freddy character, looked like a weird pedophile with a trick-or-treater. I don't know if you call, caught him in that or no, not. No, I didn't. Uh, so he makes a weird cameo along with a lot of other people. Um, it's a fun movie, but it doesn't... I don't know. I watched Chud, I'm be honest. I watched Chud, and then I watched Chud again, the theatrical version, so I could compare... Comparing it to Chud, <laughs> it's a shitty, horrible movie. But I still, this one's still fun. I've seen way worse sequels. It's definitely more sequel by name. This, yeah, I was gonna say this is one that could have been a movie on its own. This was called Bud, the Zombie. Yeah, and they were like, "We need, we hey, we have Chud in the library here," um, because. Go ahead. You finish before I get. Well, and and I will say something. Ah! Something that drawed me in. Called Bud the Chud. There, there is so many movies like it, but I always love Night of the Creeps. And this movie reminds me a lot of Night yeah, of the Creeps. Oh, very much. Yeah, Not as good, yeah. but it reminds me of Night of the Creeps. It's the poor man's Night of the Creeps. Um, so, all right. First off, I'm not going to be too hard on this movie because as I got towards the end, I realized that 
just because I love Troll 2 doesn't mean everyone loves Troll 2. <laughs> Bud the Chud is somebody's Troll 2 because it's silly, it's ridiculous. And I think if the four of us sat down and watched this right after we got done recording this because we've been drinking, I'd have a lot more fun with this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I'd be more in it, we'd be laughing at it, laughing at it and with it. You know, like so I, I, I get that. I get that. And I, I will rewatch this. Don't get me wrong, I will rewatch this. But let me just say, there are no chuds in no. this movie. No chuds. Mm-hmm. No. no. They they did though in Chud, they did have zombies, which mm-hmm. I guess is how the Chud started. Mm-hmm. So I take it that this is an early Chud. Yeah, that they freeze. Ain't no Chud, player. Well. For me, <laughs> for me, this movie, because of what the title is. I felt like I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> Which is what I wanted to get to. Yeah. I felt like, <clears throat> unlike Waxwork 2... Are you aware of the, ta- the the tagline, too, is like, this buds for you. Yeah, this buds yeah, for you. So, I knew, <laughs> I knew what type of movie I was going into right. with Bud the Chud. Um, Robert Vaughn is a dime store villain. Like, yeah. he really is. He's, he's a poor man's villain in movies. He's done it a ton. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't he, like, in Wonder Woman as well or some shit? Just about everything. But, yeah. Um, and I was, I'm watching it, and I, like I said, the head of the class kid, I knew what I was getting into, and I'm watching it, and you even said, it's like, man, this is like Weekend at Bernie's bad, yeah. you know? But I knew that they weren't taking themselves seriously right. in doing the movie, which makes a difference as a viewer, as you're watching it, um, I had, one of my thoughts was, how does this qualify as a sequel to Chud? You know, like it doesn't. Nah. But they uh, maybe they thought they'd get an audience because maybe Chud already had an audience. Um, I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I had fun with it. But like I say, a lot of that is because the name gives you a hint as to what you're getting into. With right. This movie. Yeah, for me, out of the four, this is the only one I actually had fun watching at any point in my viewings. How I mean, <laughs> and and this had like a, a Freddy's Dead type of uh, uh, cameos of yeah. actors that you recognize making cameo appearances and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and I the thing that I think is most important, at least for my experience with it, is the name. Like, I automatically know that we're not trying to do right. what we did in the first right. one. That it's just going to be nonsense it's goof it's bud the chud so it's just a product of its time which i think is why it's fun to watch you know which is the late 80s sequels that's clearly mimicking mainly weekend at bernie's and return of the living dead part Mm two which is very much like that Mm -hmm. film um it's just nonsense it's not a good movie um but it's just a fun one is uh my thoughts on it i I, I felt like it was uh, a little bit of day of the dead meets return of living dead too because I felt like, what was his name? Bub from Day of the Dead? Bud, Bub? Yeah, Bub. I kind of felt like he was like the goofy zombie in this one. Um, and something that I probably wasn't aware of at the time, but looking back at the time period, a lot of the movie sequels were being toned down for teens. Mm. So House 2 and Return of the Living Dead 2 and Fly 2, um, where it was adult theme, the sequels were more targeted at teenagers. Yeah. Um, I, saw, I thought this movie was fun, though. One of my notes is, pitchfork through the chest doesn't hurt him. Kicking the balls does. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have Chud's got nards. <laughs> uh, that beginning where they're like trying to get to the cadaver and it rolls away through campus was <laughs> yes. the most 80s hijinks <laughs> montage ever. Like, I was like, we are in a pure 80s film right now. Uh, I, uh, I really... I'm ashamed at how much I laugh at the poodle attack. Oh, I love, it's in my notes yes, too. Yes, dragging yes. through the, the mailman away. Oh my god, hilarious! Well, that's just like kind of like I mean, who's the actor who plays the kid from Head of the Class's dad? Because he's been in a lot uh, of stuff too. He's very deadpan, here. but he is very funny. Yeah, um, but there's just a lot of random moments like that that brought me enough chuckles to where I said, you know, okay, this isn't a a, a taxing watch for me at least. So. I I'd actually watch that on the same eight pack you were referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot Toddy gave that to me for Christmas in years past, so I ran through at least half of them, mm-hmm. and that I that was one of them at the time. So I don't know. It's just it's a stupid movie, but it's fun. I, I, I really think that I'll revisit this and have some fun with it. Can, yeah. we, can we talk about 
what school, like like especially back then, today's time, what kind of swim team has the kind of bikini that she has in her school <laughs> locker? Right. <laughs> and Bud the Chud really approves of it. Well, he, well, he likes boobies and titties. <laughs> <laughs> heard that I really like uh, you said it not all me. the freezing in the pool I thought that was cool yeah when we're trying to uh, put an end to all this uh, one quote I did want to mention is uh, do you know what this means we could get an A in biology I, was, I remember just going oh this is where we are listen when Bud knocks out that guy and takes his sport <laughs> coat and then we first hear the Bud the Chud song start playing I was like Oh man! You uh, know what, guys? I'm starting to love this movie now. Even more. <laughs> and and I, I think we all touched on. It. I liked I liked a lot of the cameos. So like Robert yes. Vaughn, yeah. Bianca Jagger, uh, Priscilla Pointer from uh, Carrie. Took me a minute to realize that that's the uh, that that was the gym teacher in Carrie. And then uh, she was also Nightmare on Elm Street three. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, she's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. She's always a bitch. And I was like, who's that bitch? And I was like, oh, she's always a bitch. Uh, Rich Hall, I used to watch him a lot in like comedy shows. Um, Does he do yeah. stand up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he like was, was, what was, was he, he the mailman? Was he? I didn't even notice. I don't remember. Fair enough. All right, wrapping up. Chud 2. You don't want to spend another 30 minutes on Bud it? <laughs> <the> Chud. <laughs> um, entering a little film <laughs> that I like to call. Troll too. Nimrod. That's what it's called. No bobs. <laughs> Nimrod. Well, real quick, I just want to recommend watch it if you're in the mood for Chud Two. That is just something fun and nonsense. If you're wanting a good sequel to Chud, do not. Yeah. But if you know going into it that it's just for fun, well, and you don't, even, you might enjoy it. So well, sorry. Continue watch, on with Troll. Watching too. Chud Two by itself, I think you'll have a good time. If you're want to, don't watch them back to back. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. 1990 comes a little sequel called To Roll 2. And it is uh, written by Rosella Drudy, director Claudio Fragasso, but he goes under his American name, Drake Floyd. <laughs> like Drake? Drake. Drake and Rihanna. Drizzle. You used to call me a lie. Um, Starring Michael Paul Stevenson, George Hardy, Margot Prey, and Connie Young. Star-studded cast here. Uh, Troll 2 is a non-direct sequel to Troll 1. It has nothing to do with the first film. And uh, a family is doing a, uh, a little home swap, if you will. Maybe even uh, an older version of Airbnb. They're swapping homes with this country family. Uh, they're going to go stay at their home out in the country. And then this country family is supposed to go stay at their home in the city. But we find out they never went. And uh, the little boy, who is our protagonist, keeps having visions of his dead grandfather. Grandpa Seth! <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Seth, who warns him about the impending doom if you will. Um, so they get to this, they arrive at a town called Nilbog. And um, the people in Nilbog are pretty weird. Pretty weird, if you will. Yeah. yeah uh, and uh, it's interesting too, because uh, his sister's boyfriend and his friends all come along and they're in their RV. And uh, they, they're finding Nilbog to be pretty weird too. We find out, believe it or not, that the residents of Nilbog are actually goblins. <laughs> They're not trolls, as the title would lead you to believe. They are goblins. Boys, I got to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> so mad at you right now. Uh, this, this movie. Like... <laughs> The movie is the drizzling shits. Like, the drizzling shits. Uh, but it's, it's fun in that Plan 9 from Outer Space way. Like, it is a terror. This is what makes it worse than the other ones. 
they thought they were making a good movie. Yeah, this Italian director. Yeah, there's no... This isn't a comedic sequel. They thought they were making some real poignant shit. This and, is high art, and you guys don't get and this, it. And this... <laughs> yeah. Aerosmith's as uh, artsy as they get. Uh, they, like... The cast is made up of, like... People from Utah, right? Just like average <laughs> yeah. people yeah. from Utah who won these roles with a foreign director. Uh, holy shit, is this movie bad? Like, it is... Well, the documentary made about it is called... Best Worst Movie. Best Worst Movie. Uh, I I get enjoyment out of it, of the... Oh my God, I can't believe they thought this was going to be good angle of it. Uh, the opening credits... Looks like it's shot on VHS camcorder. Like the fairy tale. The music doesn't fit at all. I like from the get go. Fifteen minutes in, I was legit looking at the counter to see how much longer I had to go. <laughs> but I. That being said, I still enjoyed watching it just because of how dumb it is. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Hot toddy. I know you love this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm on my own roast right now. <laughs> I watch. I watch Troll, when which it, is awful by itself. I movie well, okay. is terrible. Let, let me start. I watched Troll in what, what, 1986. Uh-huh. I was a child. Loved Troll. It scared me as a kid. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Was when this I, your first time seeing Troll 2? No. Oh, okay. oh, let me get there. All right. So, Troll 2 came out in 1990. I remember seeing that there was a Troll 2, and I, I, every weekend was in the video store. I was excited to see Troll 2, because <laughs> I love Troll. Then I rent this movie. <laughs> and I don't even think I enjoyed it. I hated it. Like, the costumes, you could see zippers. Where the hell ah! are the Trolls? The weird fantasy thing that was going on in the first movie is gone. Just <laughs> stupid, stupid, no, stupid. Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> but I will say that like a lot of bad piece of shit movies, it's so bad it kind of became good. And I, I, I've only seen this a handful of times of that. Um, probably what made me like the movie more is when the documentary came out, Best Worst Movie. Yeah. And it did make me want to revisit the movie. Because, like, um, it, it was it was them being serious to make this piece of shit. So because of that, I think it's almost highly laughable even more. Um, I had a friend come over and watched it for, uh, for the viewing for this. And I did have more fun because I laughed at a lot of the, the, <laughs> the really dumb shit that was in it. Um, I have some really weird notes that I can share later. Uh, but that was my, that's my take on Troll is I, I hated it, but over the years I've slowly just a smidge only think it's less of a piece of shit movie that it is now. You're welcome. (laughs) It's still a piece of shit though. That kid, that kid is like the worst child actor ever. No explanation. As to why Grandpa well, Seth... He's the one that makes us the documentary, isn't he? Yeah, he's the director of the documentary. Uh, who, Grandpa Seth? No, no the, the kid. The oh. So he at least redeemed that. Yeah. Uh, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I mean... <laughs> and, 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 no way. Troll, no. Troll 2 oh, is... Yeah. seen Ghoulies 4. No, Troll no. 2 is in my top 10 worst movies of all time. No, man. Ghoulies 4... Ghoulies 4 at least had yeah, moments... You're not agreeing with Todd. Can, can it's I, top 10 worst movies. Can, can I say that? I'll say okay. it's it's less it's less bottom of the list than Creep Show 3. Okay. But turd upon turd. There but, isn't better, a sing- but better than Creep Show 3. There isn't a single line of dialogue in this movie where it's normal acting. No, the acting is <laughs> That's bad the thing, even like, by porno standards. Ghoulies 4 is garbage, yeah. but there's at least moments of humans at being least, humans. You know what? Ghoulies this, 4 had ghoulies. This is like... Troll 2 had no trolls. No, no, no. Those ghoulies were like people... They were midgets in costumes. They, were they like to be called little, little ghoulies. People. <laughs> so, it's, it's so bad. Um... <laughs> It completely incoherent, but 
it, it's so bad that it flips around to the point where you want to see where they'll go with it. Right. So, I mean, like, when I say it's the worst movie, that's almost, I mean, that's that's bypassed shitty movies, and it's actually a cool thing. <laughs> because, right. it, I mean, this thing is fucked. I mean, there's just no <laughs> other way to put it. It is nonsense. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. watching a woman pull out a fucking ear of corn to nibble on with sex and make popcorn. Uh, that, I, one of my notes is the, the corn cob seduction scene. <laughs> Vinny it's was, the longest scene I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Vinny was hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many scenes that would be the standout, like the bad standout scene of another movie. Like, you're not going to piss on hospitality. <laughs> like, just, it's oh, just, it. it's the whole movie. I mean, it is, I've the never witch. seen anything like it. They say it in the documentary, one of the fans does, and I think it's spot on where <laughs> they said it is like aliens came down and watched us. And then tried to make a movie like they were one of us. Because everything's like, everything's human-ish. Yeah. But nobody's quite accurate. The witch character is so over the top. Yeah. Like, yeah. her acting is so over the top. She's got, like, bad teeth makeup. Like, the, the worst makeup ever. And then, like, there's one point where she transforms into a young, sexy lady. Is like, ooh, wow, how'd they do that? Like special effects she magic. Went, she went into Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. She had part of Stonehenge oh, in her house. I like that you mentioned porno earlier because one of my notes is better acting in a yeah, porno. Yeah, there you go. Bad so, acting by porno standards. The documentary completely turned us around in terms of a viewing experience. Like by having that, it's fun. And because there's a charm that's added to it that was not there without yeah. that documentary. I want Grandpa Seth to be dead. <laughs> like I so bad. <laughs> He pops up and be like, "Stay dead, yeah. Grandpa." So uh, <laughs> like, you think you're done with Grandpa Seth a hundred times, and he keeps coming back. Oh wait, it's like God damn! Can I, this I just be dead? I need, I need Grandpa by my fridge so I lose weight because he's got some like that won't eat. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't question green food? <laughs> and it wasn't food; it was all like cakes uh, and like cupcakes, neon green, neon green jello molds. This fucking movie. Oh, the milk? My Who eats milk off a shelf? <laughs> Me, act. Can I, can I say some of my crazy notes? Yes, I want to get into the So film. Before you say that, though, I want to say, guys, I acknowledge that this film is bad. Um, and, like, I always bring up Ghoulies 4 as, like, one of my standards. And even Ghoulies 1. Like, Ghoulies 2 and 3 are good. 1 and 4 are terrible. This is bad. 1 is not terrible. But... <laughs> Fun to watch. Yeah. Old boy's mom says, sing that song I like so much, and it's Row, Row, Row Your Boat. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Man, that's, the point, that's the point I want to make. I acknowledge it's bad. Well, yeah, but nobody you, actually believes you You. Yeah, really like I, this. This is, not, this is not cinema art. Is, is, there, is there a character named Peter in this? Where'd I get that from? It don't, doesn't don't matter. Because I have the, the goblins are Peter eaters. <laughs> Tom Cruise and Johnny Depp both have cameos in this movie because they are posters on the sisters' wall. <laughs> the sisters' acting might be worse than the kids. That dance. Nailbog is goblin when spelled she, backwards. Grandpa said. The, the sisters trying to make her boyfriend a homo. Which let's be real, there were some there was some homo eroticness in that trailer camper. Uh, hmm. Better acting. Oh, sis has some dope moves. (laughs) Her dance moves. Yeah, her dance moves were pretty fly. Why do I have a note that just says baloney? Um, (laughs) Share share freak. Uh, All right. Bad episode of Wife Swap. Did you say Cher the Freak? <laughs> that one is last name Freak? Yeah, it, it was Reek. He's like, I'm sure. Uh, I bet most interesting development for me was that Elliot was fucking his friends. <laughs> Grandpa will haunt my dreams for months to come. Why is Grandpa in hell? <laughs> one, of my, one of my notes is the preacher looks like James Brolin. <laughs> If, if if two people eat a corn cob like a dick, <laughs> it makes popcorn. <laughs> I wondered, always wondered how popcorn was made. Yeah. Now, now you, you know. know. Now I know. Yeah. The more you know. 
He's got some other good notes before I get it. Uh, the, the documentary let us know uh, that this movie ruined all of their lives. The mother? The mother doesn't leave her house. Can we talk yeah. about the mother? Like, she... Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they recreate the scene? I want to see this documentary again the... so bad, but Netflix doesn't have it on. Well, they recreate yeah. the scene in her living room. They pull chairs out and act like they're in the car, and they have them singing, row, row, row your boat. Oh, boy. It's a, I'm waiting for her to just get the lipstick out and rub it all over her face. <laughs> Poor thing. So, as we said, Neil Bogg is goblin, spelled backwards. Yeah. Can we talk about how bad the goblin costumes were? Oh, oh my God. God. Especially uh, the one that always stands out is the one that's got the crazy eyes. It's just, I mean, it looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks like the bugle owl. As we sit here and we shit on all of these things and expose all of these things, let's keep in mind. The director still believes that he was he made a serious art piece. He still does it on the documentary. Yes. He's an asshole in it. Yeah. Well, can, can Bizarro here, Bizarro? This isn't exactly a dead end sequel because in it and Italy there is a Troll Three. Oh, and what? In America, it's called uh, Contamination Point Seven, what? which is available through Wait, Screen Factory. Wait, that's that's Troll Three. That in in Italy it was. Creepers, aka Contamination Point Seven, or in Italy, Troll Three. <laughs> so there was obviously a crowd in, in Italy that, that was uh, hankering for some more troll. Did anybody here get the Scream Factory of Troll and Troll Two? I have no. that. It, well, the, I don't know if they made it for all of them, but I know the first huge run of them comes with Best Worst Movie in right. it. They put oh. the DVD of that in the case with it. Yeah, so it's perfect. And, and, and watch it. I can't. This this is uh. Watching this movie alone, it just angers me. But when you watch it with a group of people, yeah. it does change because some of, I, I see some people's worst movies of all time, and some people don't get truly bad movies. To me, a bad movie is Creep Show Three or Home Alone Four. But like Plan Nine and some of these other movies that make the list, they're they are bad, but they're they're so bad they're Manos. good. Yeah. And and Mano's hands of fate. I, yeah. I did completely hate troll, but again, when when you watch it with people, it does become well, it's fun. Yeah. So bad Hilarious. it's good because how can you not laugh at this movie? The crazy shop owner guy who's also in the documentary, and he's like real sketchy in the documentary. And he goes in and he's like, uh, you got any eggs? And he's like, eggs. <laughs> 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 what about coffee? Coffee. We don't drink that here. That's the devil's drink. We got milk that's yeah. on the shelf. Yeah. yeah, Mormons don't drink coffee do either, do they? No, they don't. That's a good Utah. point. Utah. Wah. Oh, Mormons, goblins, trolls. Um, oh, is that Vinny, your next sermon, Vinny? I realized why you why you have baloney because he he gets a double decker baloney. Yeah, sandwich. he screams it. <laughs> double decker baloney sandwich. Yeah, that's one of those where I may have been a few drinks into the night right now. What about the kid that got planted? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so all right. So I want to bring. Did up... you catch the best words? Like they actually planted that kid, and he had to stand there for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the documentary, yeah, talking about how much of a pain in the ass that was. So two of the best lines in the movie are one. Uh, so Grandpa Seth tells him he can't eat the food, <laughs> and he's got to figure out how to stop him. So he pisses so all, all over the table, and they don't get any food, and so the dad. What are you going to do, Daddy? I'm going to tighten my belt one more notch to deal with the hunger pains. You see that? You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Well, the top line's in the movies. And then the other one is the kid who gets planted as he sees this girl that he's trying to rescue get eaten by the goblins. And he goes, they ate her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my, oh my God. God. It's so mad. Oh, it's bad. so mad that it's great. <laughs> so fuck all of you. This is your favorite film on the episode. I can tell now. Nope. Um, and then the ending, they go home and they think they're safe. And the goblins are there waiting on Whack them. Whack-ass end. Did, did, did you guys catch the slip-up where they're running down the hall and Troll steps into frame and finds out steps into frame and it's where they're running to safety and ducks out of the scene and... Did you catch that? No? <laughs> I think so. Uh, so <laughs> good times. All right, troll. Good times. MF and two. But people gotta watch the documentary. 
the documentary it's a must. makes the movie worth watching. I, I don't know, y'all. You almost have to watch it first. I agree. I think you should. Yeah. I think you should watch because the guy who plays the documentary the dad, will give you the curiosity and then you can enjoy some of these moments as opposed to it feeling kind of long in the tooth. The, the only nonsense. thing about the documentary is is when they go to a horror con and the dad shits on the horror fan. Yeah. That halitosis. <laughs> I, always, I wondered through the whole thing if he was gay or just sweetly Southern. <laughs> you can't be both. <laughs> you can't be a little bit of Paula Dean. Heard that. So, yeah. No, it's I, I, I would almost, if people have not seen this, I would almost say watch the doc first. Yeah. To, yeah, you're right. I to, wish it was more readily available for me because I would, I would watch the documentary ten times to every time I would watch it. Yeah, because you get yeah. all the highlights of the film. Yeah. Yes, without all the bullshit. And all the quirkiness of the documentary. Yeah, and I love documentary weirdos. Grizzly and I That's, love we, documentary weirdos. We have part of our hobby is yeah. <laughs> watching them on Monday nights. Documentary weirdos. So, um, yeah, Troll 2. Just a masterpiece. Just a masterpiece. I think it's a crapster piece. But... <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, wrapping up. Uh, dead end sequels, sequels part duh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a hilarious, fun episode. So, I am one of your hosts. And hey, if you've got sequels out there you want to recommend to us, please. Yes. Stop by our Facebook page. Uh, stop by iTunes. I, I hate to be that guy. But, man, like, stop by iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And comment. Right, you know, yeah, give us some comments. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to give us five stars, reviews. Don't. Yeah, help give us, us some reviews. Show up to it, new people. Yeah, it, it helps spread our exposure because uh, otherwise we just don't pop up. So, um, please do that. And uh, again, we love hearing from you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you name it. If if you're, it's, it's social media, um, hit us up. So. Uh, for the Midwest Monsters Podcast, I am Grizzly Adder, joined by Professor Wagstaff, Hot Toddy, and the villain Vinny. Friends, watch out for sequels. You never know what you're going to get. Oh my God. <laughs> Stay scary. No, Daddy.